I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, welcome to Horse Hour. I'm Amy Frost and my guest today is Emily King. Emily's a British event rider, double European medalist, under 21 national champion and she came fourth at Poe in the CCI Four Star. Now, Emily's grown up in the eventing world, but did you know she bought her first horse when she was just 11 years old? Intrigued? I know. This is the Horse Hour podcast. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. Again, a very exciting guest today. You would have heard her lovely mum last week, Mary King. Well, this week, we get the one and only Emily King. How are you? Hi, I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy riding day to come and have a quick quick coffee and a chat. Um, no now, we haven't got long because you're going on holiday tomorrow, aren't you? <laughs> I am, which I'm very excited about. I know it's currently tipping it down here in Sidmouth at the minute and it's very cold so I'm yeah it's gonna be very nice having a bit of sun and a bit of sleep <laughs> not that we're jealous at all you know you t- clearly haven't worked hard enough this year to have this yeah. holiday <laughs> well exactly exactly <laughs> so you've got lots of packing to do you've got to sort out all the horses who's going to look after them while you're away yeah well actually they're all out in the fields at the minute all the from the top horses to the younger horses they're all turned out getting fat and fluffy and muddy mm. and having a nice time um so we've got mum's home for a few days so she's checking them all in the fields and then we've got some um girls and grooms who live close by who are going to check them um but they're all all enjoy a good week this week and then some of the younger horses will come back next week so yeah it's holidays all around at the minute which wow. is very nice and how, how long <laughs> do they have off um, so the my top horses will have um, so say Dargan, my three star horse. He went to Blenheim, which was a good what was that nearly a month ago, mm. and he'll rest now until the beginning of January. So he'll have a really long holiday. Um, and so with with the other top horses, they'll have a big break as well, sort of like that. But the the younger horses and the ones that need to learn more will come back next week and then do some do some jumping shows and just generally more training on the flat and jumping. So then hopefully next year they're a bit more ahead and yeah, we'll win more. Because <laughs> <laughs> I often wonder if, if holidays really do help horses. My horse had a two year holiday for a while and he came back really good. Um, so, so how do you think that though those few weeks help your horses? Yeah, no, I think they're really vital. I always found it quite fascinating how, especially the top horses who compete you know really intensely go to massive shows with big crowds have 
you know, unbeknown to them, have lots of pressure on them. And obviously it's, you know, it's not very natural what they do. It's what they're taught to do. And I always find it is fascinating how they have a good couple months off. You know, we take their shoes off. We let them roll around in the mud, get really fluffy. And we rub, <laughs> like rug them up when it is, you know, wet and windy and cold. But initially they are really just sort of natural. And it is amazing when they come back in January, they're so much more like enthusiastic about their work. And it kind of gives them a real... You know, it's really good for their minds and their bodies. It makes them feel so much happier, and you kind of start afresh rather than them getting a bit stale and a bit, you know, same old, mm. doing the same thing. So, no, I think it's really great. You're know, great for everything: their joints, their, you know, muscles, ligaments, their, their brains. Generally, it's no, I think yeah. it's a good thing. Gives yeah. them headspace, doesn't it? Do you find exactly? Do you find when they come back, are they super excited? Are you like, do you get a lot of bucks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of them can be a bit crazy. Um, I know we have to make sure you strap yourself on on the first few rides. <laughs> but I'm more like, again, it's quite nice when they are like that because they're not. It's not naughty. They're just actually so excited and happy, and you know, they're not like trying to buck you off. But they just are like, you know, having fun, and it shows they're really enjoying it. So. Yeah, we quite like it when they're squealing and bucking around, as long as you don't fall off. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, so talking of falling off, let's get it out of the way now. Let's talk about the god-awful, horrible accident that happened at badminton last year. Oh, I know. I felt so sorry for you. I'm glad, first of all, that you're okay. But it had to be the one fence before the finish line. I mean, that couldn't be more painful, could it? I know. It was so annoying. It was, oh, I know, I've... I've well, since that, I remember months and months replaying the moment over and over again, thinking what had gone wrong. But no, it was it was such a shame. But, you know, it was such an amazing event. And Brooklyn, my horse, he was, you know, I'd started riding him several years before that. And we'd, you know, initially I'd got the ride on him to be a good young rider horse to sort of do two stars, maybe do the odd three star. But we no way thought he'd, you know, be a top four star horse. So, you know, every step that, he did better was a surprise to us and to so a to go to badminton and to you know be lying second to mickey young after the dressage and then have the most awesome cross-country round right up until the penultimate fence so you know even though it was real heartache and disaster actually everything else you could take away as being a real you know a real positive thing and yeah, no, it, it was such a shame. I think he could see since then, um, since that fall, he had sustained quite a bad tendon injury. Um, and I think it was maybe something he maybe slightly tweaked as this front tendon, you know, halfway around the course, two thirds the way around the course. And then as he was getting, you know, more and more tired and was landing from, you know, each fence, it was maybe slightly pulling a bit more. And mm. then when we fell at this fence, it was, you know, a double and we jumped the first part of the double and he landed really kind of heavy and dead. And I think that's when this tendon had, you know, really injured on this, on the landing. And then it was, I had to, you know, move for the two strides and he just wasn't going anywhere. And I, you know, I think understandably, obviously this leg was really hurting and he didn't want to jump and land on it again. So, mm. you know, he was not wanting to go and I was going, wanting to go. And it just, that's where he then, you know, stopped and we had this, this crunch, um, but, you know, I think, in, you know, better for he, that he did that and didn't land on it again and could have hurt himself more. And so it was a real shame um, to finish exactly. And like you could see the finish line in sight. <laughs> it was so annoying. And also the the mum was in the same situation um, a few years before. She was leading on Imperial Cavalier 
and um and had a fall at exactly the same fence but it was it was then you could get back on and you could carry on mm. so she got back on carried on and then went on to jump clear show jumping the next day and she would have won it if she hadn't fallen off she would have won it oh, so wow. it was like oh I'm trying to bloom and copy her but unfortunately <laughs> I couldn't get back on <laughs> no. but interestingly I guess we're always taking away learning experiences from everything that you know uh, learning from everything that's happened so mm. what would you have taken away from that obviously all the good stuff like you were lying second to Michael Young in the beginning um, but that actual moment do you think did you obviously you didn't know that he tweaked himself so you wouldn't have been able to pull up earlier would you yeah that's it I know I, I could feel he was getting you know more and more tired towards the end um, he'd done Poe four star the autumn before but it's a lot flatter there and also a bit shorter course so it always is a lot more strenuous on the horses you know badminton and Burley are known for being the the toughest tracks and I jumped the lake and then you had to come you then it was kind of you were then on the run home you just did a I think four or five more you know fairly plain fences till you were at the end and I remember he was getting more and more tired but you kind of he wasn't as if something drastic happened like you know he like you could suddenly feel he was lame or that he was really really tired he was just you could start to feel him getting slightly more tired. But, you know, you were only a few fences from home. Mm. He was still jumping very well, not as if he was going really flat. And nothing obvious stood out. So I was like, oh, you know, it's so close. You might as well. You have to try and nurse them home and place them well to the fences and, you know, just not go quite so quick, just sort of get them home. So that was the kind of what I was had in my mind. And I think I was slowly going slightly more down on the clock. I would think I would have finished with a few time penalties um so you know I'd taken this feeling all into consideration and then suddenly then <laughs> he said no like, oh, he went no more no <laughs> Emily I can't do it I've I given up it was quite I a know. dramatic <laughs> stop as well wasn't it really well, exactly <laughs> I know Bless and him. I know sometimes it is like why can't they just speak like hey my leg is really hurting can we just stop and mm. you'd be like sure but <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. Well, I'm so glad that you're both okay. That's the main thing. That's always exactly. the most important thing. Is one, we want you to get around safely. Um, and then if anything does happen, we want you both to be okay. Because you've <laughs> got such a huge, great career ahead of you. I'm so excited for you. Uh, but let's, get, <laughs> let's go rewind. Let's rewind a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about Emily. Have you got, have you got a boyfriend? I do, I ah. do. I go out, yeah, he's also a rider. He's called Sam Eckroyd and he's, yeah, he does young riders the same as me. We're at the, doing the same, at the same level, doing the same thing. Oh, so, no, it's, lovely. It's, yeah, no, it's good. We can do it together and, yeah, it's good fun. He's good. <laughs> I've seen him a few times. I think we've taken some photos whilst we've been at events Aww. and, yeah, lovely. So, how long have you guys been together? We have been to nearly a year now, actually. So, yeah, I know, like, God, it's gone quite quickly. <laughs> so he's not need, surprised or anything. He needs to take you out for dinner soon then for your year anniversary. Yeah. Well, exactly. I know I need to get hinting. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and do you guys train together? Or is he locally based near you? Actually, no. So I live down in Devon and he lives up near Chester, so wow. miles away. So it's quite a long thing. But amazingly, we go to lots of the similar shows, um, you know, in between both of us. So we get to see each other lots then and then neither of us, you know, comes back to the other ones afterwards. Um, but actually, there's amazing. I live very close to Exeter Airport and he's close to Manchester. And there's this amazing flight you can catch up really cheaply. So it always sounds quite 
extravagant flying back and forth to see each other but actually like it takes half an hour and you can get like a 35 40 quid return flight so that's actually really awesome yeah that's cheaper than the train fare it would cost you like 100 pounds on the train it would take hours exactly and driving take hours so that's i think that's one thing that actually helps make it work yeah no because it's important to spend time together away from the horses as well isn't it exactly exactly you know we're yeah so going on holiday tomorrow so that would be very nice is this your first (laughs) holiday together we went in the we went in the summer really briefly actually straight after Bramham because um, then all those horses were resting then so we went very briefly there um, but this no it'd be very nice oh good so you've had a holiday because you know that the first holidays can make or break a relationship well exactly and we got yeah we got through that okay so <laughs> <laughs> didn't hate each other quite yet <laughs> um, so what's lovely what was really lovely is that going through I mean how old are you now are you 21 I'm 21 21 yeah. happy birthday big year Thank this year you. I know <laughs> but you didn't have that teenage nightmare time you know 15 16 17 where it was all about boys and <laughs> um, and you leave the horses you managed to stick through it exactly exactly I know I was very yeah horse obsessed as a kid and (laughs) I left school when I was 16 I didn't even do a levels or um, go to uni or anything so it's very much kind of happened very early that transition and I've yeah so we've just carried on going it's working though isn't it so what did you do at 16 did you go on and do any horse qualifications so I left yeah left school I'd obviously been riding um you know doing my ponies and horses from you know whilst I was at school growing up and then as soon as I left school I went and worked um at a show jumping yard in Sweden and yeah did lots of just jump training you know worked for them as a groom but also had you know rode the horses and trained with them and that was that was really good you know it was freezing cold and we used to walk to work at like 5 30 a.m in the pitch black through the snow to where to this place and it was freezing and you know it was really long hours and hard work but it was great you know we learned a lot and then I came back and that's when I then just started riding from home um I had several horses and some of the homebred horses that I rode and um you know my mum and dad they were very strict since I was a kid saying that they'd, you know, they'd never, would never buy me a horse. They'd never, you know, give me stuff for free. I'd, you know, they were, A, weren't in the position to do it, but also they wanted, you know, me to do it all for myself. So I had to, you know, from a kid, write to sponsors and write to owners asking if, you know, they'd support me. So it's been good, you know, I've had to work for everything. And obviously having mum who she is, has been a great, advantage from you know training point of view and a mentor and everything Emily you could have been rubbish so (laughs) let's be honest you know just because your mum's amazing doesn't necessarily mean that you're definitely going to make it or you were definitely going to make it so I think that's totally admirable of your parents to say no you've got to earn it you've got to work hard for it because it gives you a good work ethic but then it's hats off to you because you've proven yourself as well because those sponsors wouldn't have said yes to you if you didn't have something special (laughs) exactly well you never know if I keep falling off (laughs) (laughs) no 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 you'll then get more sponsorship with body protectors and hats exactly more hats and air jackets (laughs) like yes whether that's a good sign or not So, so even though, you know, even though your mum is who she is, you've, you've still worked hard to, you know, yourself to be able, did you buy your own horse then? So initially, um, the first, no, my first horse that I got, I think I was maybe 
12 years old. Um, it's actually quite an amazing story. I was out in out at Poe for Star with Mum, and I was grooming for her while she had, I think it was Imperial Cavalier, um, she had out there in the four star, and I was looking after him and grooming for him. And then I, there was this horse sale that was going on at the same time that was kind of separate to the event, but on the same complex. And I used to sneak off and watch these young horses all loose jumping. And then if you liked the horse, you could inquire and go and see it in the stable. And then, um, you know, you could try it and ride it. And all unbeknown to mum, I used to sneak off, watch this sale. And I found this one amazing, I think it was only five, this grey um, self-on-say horse. He was about 16 in one, 16 hands. And I arranged to try him. And I got Yogi Breisner to come watch me try him <laughs> and like to give his opinion and see if he thought it was would suit me and I jumped this horse and you know tried it jumped a little set of show jumps um and then that evening I went to mum I was like oh so I've uh, found this horse that I really really like she was like what I was like yeah <laughs> I've been to this sale and I found this amazing young horse and I think it'll be really good um first horse for me and I was like so please can you buy it for me <laughs> and she was like no 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 like definitely not I was like, oh, right, so that was the end of that. And then and she was like, you know, you have to, you know, find owners and sponsors. If you can't afford it yourself, we're not going to buy it for you. You have to, you know, find people who can support you. And that evening I got mum's phone. I was like 11, 12 years old, I think. <laughs> and I got mum's mum's phone and I text her, one of her main owners saying, hey, Sue, um, yeah, I found this super young horse. Um, would you be at all interested in buying him for me to ride and I'll you know compete him for you and all of this and it all again mum had no idea and then <laughs> we were in this restaurant and I remember her phone rung and it was Sue and she was like hi Mary so I got Emily's message and mum was like what and then it explained and the cat was out the bag and mum was horrified that I'd done all this without her knowing but long and short of it amazingly they agreed to buy him for me no which was way. just yeah it was it was ridiculous you know I had you know it was a complete shot in the dark you know I had no idea and it was they were amazingly supportive they've been they were mum's main owners for a long time and had gone to several Olympics with her and I was very good mates with them but yeah it was incredible so we came home with this extra horse and it was like an absolute wow. fairy tale um and then it was just from then on, I, you know, knew I had to find owners. And so I used to write, you know, endless letters and emails to people who I thought may be interested and slowly built up a, a small team of really good, loyal owners. Um, and it, yeah, just went on from there. My goodness. So what was that? What did you call your first horse? He, oh, that was, that was another thing. So they, the lady, she agreed to buy him for me, but she wouldn't pay his running costs. Um, so then I was like, right, I'm going to have to find a sponsor to help me with the running costs. So then I wrote to Jules, the clothing company, and, you know, they, I, we had never had any connection with them before. And I wrote them this, this letter on, I think it was like Felwell-headed notepaper, this like little <laughs> handwritten letter to the MD of Jules um, saying, oh, I'm yeah, Emily King, I've got this. This horse that I, you know, want to compete to the top level, but I can't, you know, afford its running costs. Would you be at all interested in sponsoring it? And we could name the horse, you know, somehow put jewels in the name and um, we could call it like King Jewels or something like that. Mm. And again, they were apparently very taken back by this letter and agreed to take on this horse's running costs. No and we way. named, so then this horse, he was called Timmy and we named him 
King Jules and he ran under their name and no, as a mate, I've been, yes, yeah, so I started working with Jules and I was with that age when I it was like about, about 11 years old and they've only just recently actually they've stopped their sponsorship because they're moving on to more lifestyle you know a brand that's lifestyle they've kind of moved away from equestrianism but mm. so they sponsored me for like 10 11 years um and then so it was amazing and yeah so that was how it all works <laughs> well done you if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you looking for a new sponsor for King Jewels now? So he, no, actually he is a horse when he went up to two star level and then actually got quite strong um, and wasn't quite, he was a very good horse for that period of time, but he was then sold to America. Um, and then we bought a different horse um the owners bought you know sold to me bought a different horse with that money um and Jules took on his sponsorship but that horse also went he was um, mum actually rode that horse and he then also was too tricky for mum and he was the horse he was called MHS King Jules and he went to Andrew Nicholson um and then when Andrew broke his neck the horse was then moved to Ollie Townend um and he's the horse that Ollie took to Burley last year. Um, and I think whether he's at Poe this week, I'm not sure, or whether he's just going to compete next year. But So he's the the latest King Jewels, but he's called MHS King Jewels. And that was funny, that all kind of like stemmed from me and then it's gone to mum, Andrew's Ollie. So it was, it was a real it's amazing. Sort of funny story. Yeah, and it's so cool that at that young age, you were brave enough to just write a letter. Yeah. You know, you just gave I, it a go. I know, I thought it was very naive and cheeky. I thought... 
I always think, you know, you never know until you try these things and, you know, they can only say no, so you might as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So you really have built this yourself. I mean, you're very, you are lucky because obviously everybody knows your mum anyway, but what's yeah. so great is when I read stories about you, Emily, and um, and I see, they say, Mary King's daughter. I'm like, oh God, that would drive me mad. I wouldn't want yeah, to be known as Mary King's daughter. I'd be one known <laughs> as Emily King. And I feel like this, well, since last year, since you did your debut, you had your debut at badminton, that's when you really came into your own and you became Emily King, the eventer. And mm-hmm. um, that must be lovely. Yeah, exactly. And I remember he saying to my gran, actually, when exactly when headings to press pieces were like that I remember always saying to her I hate being called Mary King's daughter <laughs> I hate having you know like since a kid I remember always saying I hate having this tag and can't wait to you know just the headline be just me and because of this and that and you know this is when I was a kid and, but now it is you know obviously I love my connection with mum but it's quite it was nice exactly to to have made it yourself and be doing stuff on your own and well it's the outside perception isn't it and I think that's what it is it's the outside perception that um any anyone famous that has been successful that they're gonna hand that down to their daughter or their children and they're gonna the children the next generation that are coming through now like you um are going to have had handouts and had it all easy (laughs) and that's what's so lovely is you almost want to shout to the world I have done this myself (laughs) I've had a little bit of help with connection you know and you had you know Yogi Breisner was there to see your first horse when you were 11 (laughs) Um, but ultimately you have fought for this yourself and I think that's what's so important yeah yeah no exactly exactly (laughs) um so tell me more then uh where are we going so this year talk, talk me through your year this year yeah so I've had um had a few Dargan's been my top three star horse this year um he's a horse I've had since he was six years old um and he did yeah this is his first year competing at three star and he's been been very good he's quite a sensitive um quite a careful sensitive horse which i've had to take it you know a bit slow bit slow slightly slow with him stepping him up to these to the big classes um but he's had some very good results he's been slightly unlucky with his health he has he ties up quite a bit um and with and with no kind of obvious connection he's sort of you know no matter what feed he's on the management's you know obviously very good and everything it's been a very peculiar condition that he's got and it's been you know so more trying to manage this kind of little health blip he's had um can you explain to can you explain to to us what tie up is we have yeah, got, so we have got, sorry, we have got um, an article on our website. If you're worried about, I think it's Azatora or Azatoria. Yeah, Azatoria. Yeah, yeah. So Azatoria or tying up is, if you go to our education hub on our website, mm-hmm. then there's an article on it. But just briefly, if you wouldn't mind yeah. explaining what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a real, it's a kind of, I like how humans have cramp. That's the feeling that these horses, that the horses get. And it, it normally happens in the top of their hindquarters or down the back of their legs sort of in their hamstrings and it's a it's a chemical reaction that can normally that what what um you know makes this happen is people would feed a horse too much hard food and they wouldn't get exercised enough and basically wouldn't burn off the the calories and the sugars and the starches and then this chemical reaction would happen in their body and cause this cramping effect um that's sort of the the sort of old-fashioned reason to it and I remember quite often it's known as Monday morning um 
you know, mm. a, 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 not a disease, but an illness that like, you know, racehorses or whatever that had Sunday off and still got fed the same amount. And then they'd come out on Monday, be worked and then they'd tie up. So it used to be quite linked to that, which it still is. That's sort of the main reason. But for some occasional cases, it can be can be just in their genetics. It can be some slight, you know, actual imbalance in their body that they can't, um, you know, level their their sort of chemicals on their own. They all their levels fluctuate slightly unusually, which causes this. It is a re- it's a really you know complex problem, and there's no just actual cure for it if it's not due to overfeeding or you know any normal um, thing. So anyway, so it's been. Yeah, quite a hard thing for him. But with the main thing we put it down to for him is when he travels um, a very long distance to an event, he's much more likely to do it. If he competes abroad or competes, you know, right up in the north of England, he we found out that it is something to do with the travel, whether it's... He, he's a very relaxed horse, but mm. we think kind of internally he maybe gets a bit stressed when he travels. You know, you can't see it, but you think maybe he gets a bit a bit tight and a bit tense and due to standing being maybe a bit tight and tense for a really long period of time mm. it then might this you know that's the only real common factor to all the the shows where he's done it they all seem to be when he's traveled further um so the the way we've we've helped this is that if we are having you know if obviously all the massive shows they aren't all just down the road from us so you have oh. to take this into consideration um so if he is competing a long way away will arrive quite in advance so then he can have two or three days just kind of walking around grazing not being worked too hard to kind of let all his levels settle down so then when he is worked he's kind of starting afresh rather than starting already a bit cramped cramped. or a bit tight yeah um so yeah it's a bizarre thing but since yeah hopefully coming to the bottom of this he's had some very good results um so hopefully next year he'll step up um, to four star next year sometime whether he'll do more sort of Le Moulin and then or Poe a bit smaller four stars before going to the big the big massive ones <laughs> when, you're, when you're doing your three star do you struggle with the amount of three stars that there are over here to go to because I find there aren't that many yeah exactly there is you know so you have so there's, you know, there's Bramham, which is the big CCI in the spring. You then have Blenheim, um, and then there's there is Blair, which is a bit later on. Um, but those, you know, those themselves, um, especially you know, Bramham's quite a big CCI three star track and is very undulating. Um, and Blenheim, Blenheim again is quite big and also undulating. And then. You have, you know, it's quite good to pick and choose their first CCI three stars. You have like Samur in France, which is in the spring, um, and several other events in France that can be a bit softer, you know, not mm. so massive. So it's quite good for a sort of a more sensitive, careful horse to maybe pick a, a slightly flatter three star with, you know, slightly less big fences, but more technical and kind of accuracy testing, maybe to do that as their first one before going to Bramham, a bit like the four stars to go to sort of Poe first or Le Moulin first before going straight to badminton. Um, but, you know, unless you have a big, bold, strong horse that, again, suits more Bramham and badminton than 
than the smaller three star and four stars. So but no, it's quite a good. Um, That's what I mean, though. There aren't yeah. that many. Now I have heard a little rumor that Bicton, <laughs> which is local to you, are trying yeah. to get their three star, and I think that would be cute. amazing. We need another one in the UK, so I think we should campaign for them, Emily. <laughs> definitely, definitely. We need Bicton Arena to have a three star competition. Yeah, it would be amazing. And they've got, I mean, it's such a beautiful park there. And yeah, Helen, who organises it, she's fantastic. You know, it helps so much in the organisers themselves to have, have evented to a high level and know, you know, know what riders want, know how it's organised best. And, you know, because they used to, when the old Bicton ran, they used to have an advanced level event, but they never had a CIC three star. It was just advanced. And then since the new ownership and the new management has taken over, and since Helen's been in charge, is that exactly it all went back down to the smaller level. So they're slowly trying to build it back up. And mm. yeah, it would be amazing. It would be fantastic. And for us to have one that's just down the road would be Oh, it'd be perfect. You can so just hop can on down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever go there to use the two-star facilities? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, we had a few competing in the two-star and they had their event. Um, and then exactly, they have, the cross country course is up for a while, you know, a few weeks after the event. So it's great exactly to take them some of the horses and school them around the fences and use just use the facilities to educate them. It's you no know, a great parkland and the ground's always very good there. And they have a beautiful outdoor arenas. Um they've got a new or weather arena as well they've put up quite recently. Um so it's generally a great place to take horses to school, whether they're you know green four and five year olds all the more experienced sort of three-star horses mm. so you know, it's very handy so can you give us some cross-country tips then on your training at home because <laughs> we can sit there and watch you and watch you on tv and go oh that looks amazing how on earth do I do that so you need to take <laughs> us back to your house and say right what what is it that just a few a few few bits of advice that you do at home when training your horses um, well, yeah, some things to do with cross country. We don't have a cross country course on, you know, at home on our land. We have, you know, several streams and rivers and banks and stuff just in the woods. But what we do in our outdoor arena, we um, do lots of kind of like DIY little cross country stuff, as in get like tractor tires and prop them up and maybe start with the younger horses, start with little guide poles to sort of, you know, make it obvious for them to basically teach them jumping narrow fences without having to go to a cross-country schooling place. So use tractor tires, maybe like oil drums. um, Mm. And like with an oil drum, lie them on their side to start with. So they're smaller and wider. And then if you have a couple of them, prop them up so they're stood upright and have two together. And then if they're very good, just have one on their own with with some wings. so we do lots of that and even use like feed bags on the floor and like to make a ditch, like lay them on the floor and then put a, a pole, you know, two poles either side to pin them down. And kind of you can put that in, say, a pretend ditch in the middle and then a, a tire one side and a little curve line to the barrels. And you can make like little combinations from, Good idea. you know, cheaply from yeah. not having, you know, to buy actual cross-country fences. Um and even, yeah, just sort of things like that. You could be quite inventive and you know, it doesn't have to be fancy, but your horse just has to trust you to, you know, jump, you know, skinny things, things on lines, you know, to have to really trust you to stay on the line that you ask them, you know, to jump. And they don't have to be fancy things. They just have to be something that is similar to what you are jumping. Um, 
So no, it can be, you can be quite inventive. (laughs) (laughs) Do you post Uh, these on your Instagram? Do you post pictures of your training? I have done a few. Yeah, I have done a few because exactly, you don't want to give all your secrets away. But but then things like this that are, you know, that people will find really useful. I like sharing things that, yeah, hopefully people can use themselves and put into practice and... Yeah, sharing the odd the odd thing, not yeah. every secret. <laughs> One thing that's in- fascinated me is your horses can jump so high, like so high, <laughs> but yet they don't jump out of the field. I never <laughs> understood. They they could easily jump the fences. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. Yeah. I know they, and you think exactly. You think it's very obvious. I think, yeah, they're all, we quite often turn our horses out with. Um, the other horses we quite rarely turn them out on their own they're all you know they have their shoes on and they're obviously worth a huge amount but we make sure they're paired up with their mates and that they get on well quite quite often we put the mares and the geldings together we probably wouldn't if there's a mare and a gelding we'd only just do one of each together rather than more than a pair Um, but I think when they're with their mates in the field and having you know they're enjoying that downtime Mm. and they're eating and they're playing and they're rolling they don't you know, look and see what's on the other side of the fence and think, aha, let's let's have a jump. There's more. They're enjoying what they're doing, which helps keep them in. Exactly. Grass is greener this side. That works well. well. Exactly. Not the, yeah, the soil and the gravel on the other side. (laughs) So, well, Emily, I could talk to you for hours. Like, literally, there's so much I want to talk to you about. Um, So maybe I'm wondering if another day, maybe next year, you'd come back on and talk to us about how you get involved with the breeding side. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That You'll would be sure. whenever you want. Thank and yeah, you. no, we, we've got a good, good bunch of babies. I've got five babies this year, um, which is really exciting. So, yeah, in four years' time, five years' time, you'll hopefully be hearing be more about them. them. Mm, how, yeah. how can we follow you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? Yeah, so I'm yeah on Instagram. I am Emily King official, and then on Twitter, I am. King Eventing, and then I think Facebook is King Eventing as well, or you just type in Emily King on Facebook. Yeah. Well, Emily, thank you so much. We'll follow you on no all those things, and um, have a lovely holiday ah, with Sam. Thank you very much. Thank Don't come you. back engaged yet, though. You're still too young. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I won't. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Emily is sponsored by Horsehage, a high-quality dust-free bagged forage available in four varieties, high fibre, timothy, ryegrass and alfalfa. They offer a choice suitable for all types of horses and ponies, even those prone to laminitis. You can get more information if you head to their website, horseage.co.uk. Now, you can get more information on our website too if you head to horsehour.co.uk where there's a whole bunch of education. If you're a bit worried about Monday morning disease or tying up, as Emily described it, then uh, we do have an educational article on our website which does explain about that disease and how you can deal with it. Also, some veterinary advice as well. The vets will be back on the Horse Hour podcast next month. B&W Equine Vets come on every month to talk about a different disease or problem that you might suffer with from your horse. If there's anything that you're particularly worried about, you know, a disease or, or an issue or there's a worry then do drop me a message and I'll, I'll actually speak to the vets about it um, and we'll create a podcast episode just for you. 
because ultimately that's what we're here for it's about all the issues all the worries all the things that we want to learn is what we put on the horse hour podcast so you can drop me a message i'm on twitter at amy stevenson one yes i know i'm now married and my name's amy frost but i couldn't bear to uh, change my twitter handle just yet so at amy stevenson one for me you can also tag at horse hour or direct message horse hour at horse hour with any ideas anything that you'd like us to talk about thanks so much for listening i really really appreciate it and uh, for those that have written reviews on itunes it means the world because then i know that you're enjoying what you're listening to and i will keep making as many episodes as we can so i hope you have a really lovely week with your horse and i'll speak to you soon you've been listening to horse hour Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern, by using the hashtag HorseHour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.